This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Rain, patchy fog, cloudy skies on your 45 today. Tonight, rain, areas of fog, low around 41. Rain likely Friday with a high near 46. Dozens of people were awakened when fire broke out in a room in a motel in the town of Union. The blaze at the Knights Inn at 2603 East Main Street was reported just before 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday. A woman who was staying in a second-floor room told WNBF News she smelled smoke and woke up her partner and their one-year-old daughter. They made it out of the building safely and reported the fire. A fire chief was on the scene. He called for a second alarm about 20 minutes after the blaze was reported. The blaze broke out in a first-floor room that was undergoing construction. A motel representative said no one was staying in the room. He said the fire appeared to be linked to an electric space heater, which may have ignited the carpeting in the room. The Knights Inn shift manager said there were about 56 people staying at the motel at the time of the fire. No injuries were reported. Broome County Sheriff's deputies and state troopers were sent to the scene. The Red Cross was called to find housing for several people displaced by the fire. Former President Donald Trump could return to a New York courtroom this week to defend himself against a lawsuit seeking more than $10 million for things he said about advice columnist E. Jean Carroll after she accused him of sexual assault. Trump's first visit to court this week on Monday ended abruptly because a juror was ill. The trial has been suspended since then. Carol's lawyers today are expected to finish presenting their case for damages regarding things Trump said about her in 2019. That year, Carol said in a memoir that she was attacked by Trump in the dressing room of a department store in 1996. A jury last year agreed it happened. Trump denies it. The Cortland County District Attorney announced yesterday that Lamar Joseph was found guilty of rape in the first degree following a week-long trial in Cortland County Court. In June of 2022, Joseph made contact with the victim via a social media dating app and arranged to have the victim meet him at his residence. The police investigation and prosecution of this case came together and the testimony, DNA evidence, medical examination of the victim and the defendant's video recorded statement all tied back to reveal that defendant Joseph committed each of the crimes for which he was indicted, culminating in a guilty verdict on each. After the announcement of the verdict of guilty for rape in the first degree, as well as verdicts of guilty of the additional charges of sexual abuse first degree, rape third degree, sexual misconduct, forcible touching, and sexual abuse third degree, the counsel on the trial for the state requested that Joseph's prior bail status be revoked and that he be held in custody pending sentencing. On January 24th, the Vestal Police Department Metro SWAT team and the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 1 Wakeman Road in the town of Vestal. 
Deontay Stevenson of Vestal was present during the execution of the warrant, along with Willie Mims of Vestal. During the search, the following items of evidence were located, including fentanyl pills, powder and crack cocaine, scales and packaging used to distribute narcotics, a Citadel Warthog 12-gauge shotgun, loaded high-capacity 223 magazine, assorted ammunition, and $1,068 in U.S. currency. Both Stevenson and Mims were transported to the Broome County Sheriff's Office. While in an interview room, Stevenson tampered with evidence. Stevenson was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the second degree, third degree, fifth degree, criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, tampering with physical evidence, promoting prison contraband in the first degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. Mims was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and fourth degree, possession of a weapon in the third degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. Authorities say a teenager awaiting trial in a homicide escaped outside a hospital next to the University of Pennsylvania and was being sought, warning that he was considered dangerous. Police said 17-year-old Shane Pryor fled just before noon Wednesday outside the emergency room at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia where he had been taken with a hand injury. He was then seen entering buildings and police were searching those and nearby parking structures. Pryor was 14 when he was charged in an October 2020 homicide and has been in a juvenile facility ever since, charged with murder, conspiracy and firearms crimes. His attorney said he has always maintained his innocence. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. This is your program for Thursday, January 25th, 2024. Only 11 shopping months left, so start shopping. And even though there is no snowstorm, or for that matter, serious ice storm in the forecast, remember bread and milk. Never catch yourself short with bread and milk. 607-772-1290. Weekend is in sight. And that is a good thing. Hope you've uh, had a good week so far. I think we've managed to cover a very uh, good array of topics, local topics, and some non-local topics as well. Whatever's on your mind today, 
pretty much fair game. 607-772-1290. So feel free to participate. We're here every weekday morning from 9 to noon. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, here's the concept. This is the concept. It's a live local program. It is live, and it is for you. So you can hear us 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and screaming at WNBF.com. Morning, it's uh, 9-12. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm John uh, from the Battery Hub. <laughs> I drove by there again today. I, you know, I, I keep, I keep looking. There were uh, approximately forty-one vehicles in the parking lot at Battery Hub USA. Well, it's uh, uh, as they say, it's a Giga factory. Well, the uh, the Battery Giga? Hub is more of a state of mind. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds like something you might see in a David Lynch. Movie I, I twin, mean, twin terminals. I mean, only in Binghamton would the Chamber of Commerce invite reporters in and talk about technology and energy and batteries uh, while all this is going on. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, again, I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I mean, well, I know at, at at this moment, at this precise moment, at 9.13 a.m. on January 25th, 2024, I don't see any batteries rolling out of the factory. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for the, the trucks or the uh, railroad cars on the tracks next to the Gigafactory. I was watching to see how many cases of batteries were being turned out to um, you know an American public desperate for energy and I saw none but maybe they're yeah. maybe they're maybe they're putting them out through an underground tunnel I don't know yeah so uh, uh, Bob I, I want to inform your audience that I have submitted a request for legislation uh, to uh, the city clerk who will forward it on to the city council and the corporation council for a referendum uh, to be placed on the ballot this November. And we all know how referendums go uh, back when Bucci fought term limits. Uh, his administration, Rich David, Elaine Miller, people like that showed up at every council meeting fighting uh, the placement of the term limits resolution on the ballot by council. And then finally, a gentleman, Don Parker, had to collect all the signatures and Douglas Walter Drazen had to prevail in court as Rich Bucci used the city corporation council as his personal attorney, because he would be the only one, and the members of council would be the only ones that would be affected by term limits. Now, we know what happened in that case. Term limits not only passed, but it passed, uh, you know, uh, very with very, very strong margins. And uh, it's the law of the city at this time. Uh, now, what I propose is a solution to this never-ending battle of uh, with the Binghamton Police Department, disgruntled people, uh, lawsuits, uh, uh, all kinds of accusations flying back and forth, and really to create an economic boom, uh, not by defunding the police department and, and putting it over here, there, and everywhere, uh, but by 
giving the voters a choice to essentially dissolve the Binghamton police force on January 1, 2025, with the New York State Police and the Broome County Sheriff's Office. By law, they have to do it, uh, come in and take over. Uh, this will eliminate the, the uh, taxation that city residents get by paying for uh, places like the town of Shenango and Endwell, paying for their police department while they uh, get no services in return from the sheriff's department. It will reduce the city's <clears throat> potential liabilities to zero. Uh, someone claims police brutality or something. Uh, guess what? It's Kathy Hochul. It's Tish James's. It's Jason Garner's problem. It's Sheriff Fred Atchard's problem. It's not the city's problem any longer. And now <clears throat> this was tried uh, not only in deposit where they're saving $200,000 a year, but in Camden, New Jersey. Uh, Bob, Camden, New Jersey was synonymous in the 90s uh, with a, cr a crime-ridden, bad reputation, very dangerous place. And by uh, the way, for those not familiar, America's soup capital, where the river runs orange red. Well, in happier days, the launch pad for Jerry Blavitt, uh, who ran his radio show, out of a city-run radio station. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, really? they actually had a, a radio station in, in Camden. Blavitt would go in there in the 50s, early 60s, and uh, everybody in Philadelphia used to park their cars uh, so they could uh, hear that station with the Geeter. But anyway... <laughs> in, Most uh, of our listeners, by the way, don't, don't know. I mean, you and I know what you're referencing. A lot of listeners are what? The Geeter, the heater with the Geeter, or the Geeter with the yeah. Geeter. A, a great man did a lot for yeah. Philadelphia, and it shows you what one guy can do. Through all the bad stuff in Philadelphia, the Geeter was there. Uh, but anyway, Camden, New Jersey, uh, dissolved their police department, and uh, crime went down, Bob. Crime went way, way down. It, it's, this, has been, this has been a successful model in Camden, New Jersey, for, for 12 years. Now, what I'm saying is this. We live in a democracy. You hear this word about democracy, democracy. Well, put this on the ballot. And it's not a plebiscite. And it's not something that you have to have endless meetings about. This is, this is a service that, by law, can be replaced by those that provide the service. So essentially... I know this is oversimplifying, but essentially, you're calling, you're supporting defunding the police. I'm, I'm, no, 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 no. This is no. Exactly, I mean, yeah. no. Again, it's oversimplification. Defunding the Binghamton police and clearing the way for law enforcement services to be provided by the county and state. Exactly. I, I mean, and yes, it's, is say, if somebody was just putting together a, a headline, Binghamton Man Calls for Defunding City Police. Now, technically, that would be true, but, of course, that wouldn't be the whole story. Well, no, yes. It's, it's not defunding. It's dissolving. Dissolving. And okay. it, it's hitting the reset button. Hitting the reset button. Now, uh, as in the case of Camden, New Jersey, all these Binghamton police officers, if they want to, they can go on and they'll be hired by the Sheriff's Department. They'll be hired by the New York State Police Department. Uh, those that want to retire, go elsewhere, will do that. Uh, but the idea, I mean, think about this. Uh, there's a, 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 a the, the Sheriff's Department's probably, their, their headquarters is two miles from the city or less. Uh, the Kirkwood State Police, you know, 
uh, I don't know, what is that, uh, um, two miles from the state police in Kirkwood. Uh, you know. Well, plus, and I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but say, this is, gee, John, this is the first time hearing of this, so it's very difficult for me to process what you're proposing. But um, say if it did get that far where residents proposed or actually went, uh, went along with the um, proposal to dissolve the city police, then there's no reason, in my opinion, why either or both the state police and the sheriff's office couldn't set up substations in the city of Binghamton. They have substations elsewhere, so well, there's there's no law. There's no law. It, Actually, they could set up a substation right there at City Hall. In the, in the intelligence center, there's rent. There's rent that will be collected by the city. Uh, it could be a win-win. Uh, this is an absolute win-win, and let me tell you something else. You know, there's a lot of people in this community that have had bad run-ins, whether deservedly so or not deserved with the Binghamton Police Department. Uh, the people that use uh, the police services the most in the, uh, for lack of a better word, crime-ridden uh, uh, sections of the town might be uh, uh, glad to see a New York State Police car pull up rather than a Binghamton Police Department car because they have a history with the Binghamton Police Department. So if the guy from the state police or the sheriff's deputy comes into those neighborhoods, that, that, that might be a little bit of a clean slate. But really... It's an interesting proposal. Have you, and it, it's have you consulted... What's that? And it's worked. All right. Have you consulted with any members of city council or have you contacted Mayor Cram? Well, the, he, uh, I, Mayor Cram, uh, the city clerk, passed this up to Mayor Cram. Mayor Cram doesn't hop aboard. I mean, he can fight it like Bucci fought the term limits referendum. But, but here's the question. A uh, here's a serious question, though. Would, I know uh, many people hearing this for the first time might assume, might assume that the mayor and even the police chief might fight it but maybe they wouldn't. I mean, yes, it's it's a gut feeling that uh, the mayor and maybe some members of city council or maybe uh, the police administration or even maybe some of the rank and file city police would fight the idea initially. But then after exploring what it actually would mean, conceivably, conceivably, they might they might say, actually, you know what? We, we think this could be a net positive, not something, that, let's face it, if it's on a referendum and you're looking for a, a potential vote this year? Yeah, it has to be. Uh, what, are, what are the dates? What's the timeline that, that would have to be met? And what, I guess most importantly, to get a referendum like this on the ballot, what actually has to happen? Uh, council has to approve it. It has to go uh, be written up go to the Board of Elections uh, by the first week in August. I think August 4th is the deadline. It will then be on the ballot. So it would just require a simple majority of council? I, I believe that the, uh, the, uh, mayor, uh, the, the mayor might have a veto over it, but it could be overridden. <laughs> well, that's, and, and that's true, because they're Democrats, and we don't know how the how the court case will work out regarding 6th District. But, yeah, Democrats have a, a veto-proof majority on council. But all I'm saying is this, Bob. 
uh, I'm a supporter of law enforcement. There's times that you got to hit the reset button. Hmm. And uh, this will work. It will work well. And uh, if, uh, you know, we got two hot shots now controlling the criminal justice system in Broome County, Fred Akshar and Paul Battisti. They know everything. So let's see them uh, take a bite of this and make it effective. Because you can't say on the one hand uh, that, I mean, uh, again, we're, we're going to make this work, Bob. And if council doesn't want to put it on the ballot, and I'm not saying it would happen this year, the public themselves, as they did with the term limits, can collect the necessary signatures and put it on the ballot themselves. Okay. It's intriguing. You put it out there. Now we'll see what people in Binghamton have to say about that. It's 924 607 Thursday morning, I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Bob Joseph. We're here three hours every weekday. Make it a habit. Make it a lifelong habit to find out what's going on around your neighborhood, around your home. National Weather Service has a bit of guidance for you. In case you hadn't noticed, there is some fog out there this morning, so that is something you will contend with if you're out driving for a while longer. Fog patchy drizzle, a few showers, and otherwise today cloudy, mild, high 45. Tonight, patchy drizzle with some rain and areas of fog, low 41, cloudy tomorrow with rain and patchy drizzle, high 46. Interesting, I had heard earlier in the week the high on Friday was going to be 52, but I guess... Yes, the 50s may not occur. Looking ahead for the weekend, cloudy Saturday, 42, and rain and snow on Sunday, 39. Right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 41. That's 5 Celsius. News Radio, WNBF. So, yes, the patchy, dense fog is around the area this morning, especially over the higher elevations, visibilities, will decrease down to a quarter mile or less at times, so drivers will encounter fluctuating visibilities ranging from good to poor over short distances. So if you're driving through fog, slow down. Use low-beam headlights and leave plenty of distance ahead of you so you don't wind up in one of those videos that sometimes people share when 
things go horribly wrong on a highway. Everybody is zooming along at 75 or 85 miles an hour in the fog or icy or snowy conditions. And then you just see vehicles, cars, SUVs, tractor trailers all start to pile up. It's a... I can't imagine being in a situation like that. I've seen videos where people who are witnesses just stand by helplessly because cars and trucks just keep zipping in at high speed because some people don't understand the basic premise of driving in hazardous conditions, hazardous weather conditions, where the biggest rule of thumb is slow down and leave a lot of space between yourself and the other vehicles. So some people... For whatever reason, for whatever reason, they just keep plugging along until they can't anymore. That's how people get killed. By the way, so um, you have plenty of time to acquire the necessary bread and milk to get yourself through the next few days. The National Weather Service is watching a potential coastal system that could impact the Twin Tiers starting Sunday. Into Monday, the storm system could bring a mix of snow and rain with probabilities for accumulating snow starting to increase. That's according to the European model. We'll have to get her on the phone and see what she says about that. There remains quite a bit of uncertainty with this storm system, so stay tuned to WNBF Weather Radio. And to be <laughs> a new format, all weather, all the time. No, it wouldn't be funny, but I could see somebody attempting that. Again, right now, it's uh, a mild 41 here in downtown Binghamton. Bob Joseph live here at WNBF. Phone calls today are uh, accepted. Many, many will try. And actually, probably many will get on the air. We'll see. See if some of our favorites are able to join us today. I guess is some of our favorite callers are having a second cup of Joe, so they get the uh, the enthusiasm level ramped up before they call in. This is WNBF ninety two point one FM twelve ninety AM. Always available on the free WNBF app. WNBF Live. Bob Joseph. All righty. Let's uh, proceed to another caller. Hello. Is the caller there? 
Yeah. Please, caller, identify yourself by first name and hometown. It's Beverly for the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, honey. Yes, I got my I got my radio yesterday, but they didn't say anything about batteries, so now I gotta go and get batteries. Oh my goodness! Now you know, got, it's got it's a, it's got short wave on it, Bob, and it's got also the weather channels. If it's got short wave, you might be able to hear Alex Jones. Who's he? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you you know things are not going well for your um, operation when you have to be on short wave. Am I right? Yeah, you yeah, know, people, I know. I, the people, yeah. the people who have the most important things to say are on FM and AM. They're trust oh, me. FM if, and AM. That's the funny thing. I got I got a stereo here and it's got FM radio on it and I I can get some of the state I can get some stations but isn't isn't um isn't your station affiliated with FM? We are on the FM at ninety two point one FM. Oh ninety two. Oh. Ninety two point one. Just, uh, my memory gets lost sometimes. Mm -hmm. Ninety two point one. Okay, that's yep. FM mm -hmm. 92.1. All right. All right. And that is, of all the stations in Binghamton you can listen to on FM, that is the, the best. I noticed there's one there. Uh, no, I can't. What is it? WXOL or something like that? Oh, WWYL. Yeah. That's that's one of our stations too. That's Kiss 104.1. Oh, that's 104. Yeah, they I play they I play know. all the hits, all the hits. Yeah. Yeah, well, they go. Do you know, you know what an Alexa is? I do. Yeah. Well, today she's bringing a brat. <laughs> that's I what you say. I fired. I I would never. You, you know what she told me? <laughs> what? She says, <laughs> then she'll say, "I, I, I, uh, 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 I'm rehired again." I said, "Who says so?" And she, and she makes that noise at the end, where it's like a, it's, it's like a growling voice. Oh my gosh! She's funny. I had that. I listen to that once in a while. I went to somebody's house where they have Alexa, and. I know you're not supposed to do this, but I did anyway. So I'm at somebody's house, and I said, Alexa, play WNBF radio. <laughs> and Alexa did. And I kept doing that. I kept doing it. I mean, the, the person wasn't particularly amused, and after about the third time I did it, uh, Alexa was actually shut down, so... But yeah, it was, but it was, yeah. it was just yeah. my way. It was just my way of having a little bit of fun. Yeah, well, my daughter got it for my birthday one year, and well. I, I, I listened to, I listened to Christmas music. But they have, uh, they have music stations on TV too. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, the guy from the cable company. Uh, gave me a list of all the music channels they have oh yeah it's like yeah, 30 they have yeah, every kind nice of ones. oh every kind of music you could imagine and then a few that i never even knew about 
Yeah, when my great-granddaughter comes here, she likes to listen to the Mexican music. So I put it on. So yeah, they so they have fun. a little. I think I it think they so have fun. they have a little of something for everyone. Your daughter, boy, she was going to town at her dancing. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that you have your radio. Next next step: buy batteries. Yes, sir. Okay. Right. Have a good day, honey. Thank you, Beverly. Uh, that's the problem, isn't it? Always the case though with life: batteries not included. You know, if Chuck Schumer wanted to do something good for people at one of his Sunday afternoon news conferences, he would propose federal legislation to require that batteries always be included for anything. Anything that uses batteries, that should be a federal law. Batteries must be included. But instead, he's focused on those grill uh, brushes, you know, with the steel bristles that might break off. He says people might be hurt or killed because of those brushes you use to clean off your barbecue grill. He focuses on that instead of something useful, like requiring batteries to be included for everything. Am I right, people? This is Binghamton Now. A voice of reason with a person always on your side on WNBF. Nine forty-five, WNBF live with Bob Joseph. This is your Thursday morning episode. Live and local, no teleprompter, no talking points, just high-quality talk give you something to contemplate. That's what we're about here at WNBF. Uh, check out our website, WNBF.com. Original local reporting, some stories you may not see anywhere else, including that fire at a motel in Endwell. And we reported on this on Wednesday. Still not clear precisely what happened. Dozens of people had to uh, leave the uh, rooms at the Knights Inn on East Main Street in Endwell. It's in the town of Union. Uh, that fire broke out early Wednesday morning. A woman who was staying in a second-floor room told WNBF News she smelled smoke. She thought it was, at first, a candle. And then the more she thought about it, she thought, no, that's no candle. That's something more serious. So she woke up her partner and their one-year-old daughter. They got out of the building safely and reported the fire. Edwell Fire Department responded. A chief called for a second alarm about 20 minutes or so later after they first got there. The blaze broke out in a first-floor room that was undergoing construction. Nobody should have been in there. Nobody was staying there. Nobody should have been in there. And the person I spoke with said it appeared that the fire was linked to an electric space heater, which somehow may have ignited carpeting in the room or something else. At uh, this rate, it seems unclear how that could have happened. So that guy said he left the room at about 2.30. 
Everything apparently was okay then, and then the fire was reported about three hours later. So I don't know what the investigators say. Maybe the investigators know something. Maybe the investigators will call us to let us know what caused the fire. But anyway, it's fortunate it was discovered. One thing that is a puzzle at this point, nobody told me they heard any smoke alarms. So maybe maybe that's something worth examining. So anyway, more details on our website. WNBF.com created a bit of excitement on Wednesday in Endwell, East Main Street. It's 947 WNBF. You may have heard our announcements over the last few weeks about the upcoming job fair. Don't miss the job fair on Tuesday from 11 until 2 at the Broome County Farmer's Market on Upper Front Street in Binghamton. Well, precisely town of Dickinson, just north of Binghamton. UHS will be there with nursing, physician, and advanced practitioner careers. Rabideau has positions in their corporate offices and stores along with service tax and CDL Class A and B drivers. Good Shepherd Communities with careers ranging from nursing and maintenance to housekeeping and food service. Willow Run Foods, one of the premier transportation companies around here, looking for CDL Class A drivers. The Guthrie Clinic has opportunities in clinical, administrative, and support areas with excellent compensation and benefits. The 6th Judicial District is hiring a court office trainee, LAN administrator, senior court analyst and a chief clerk and Frito-Lay in Kirkwood needs forklift operators, route sales reps, maintenance mechanics and more. So that's at the Farmer's Market on Upper Front Street in Binghamton. It'll be next Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Your new career is waiting at the Town Square Media Job Fair. It's 949 WNBF. WNBF 954, sad story. Oh, how how can a kid get hold of a fentanyl? First of all, why does anybody have fentanyl, regardless of age? But uh, especially when uh, somebody has a kid, why do you have fentanyl around at all? That's the thing you need to, I guess, ask. How do little kids die of fentanyl? And there's a story at Syracuse.com. 
That's the press, not the press, <clears throat> excuse me, the Post Standard website, Syracuse.com. Story by Riley Kirk. A child's death and a mystery. How did Malaya get the fentanyl? So, Malaya, that was the baby's name. Malaya Adore Blue, or apparently her mom called her Lele. Um, her mom, Heaven Blue, said, I came from homes that wasn't good to me, people that wasn't good to me. She told Syracuse.com, I wanted to show my daughter that you don't have to come from that. Since family was important, the mom said she wanted Malaya to spend time with her father and his mother. So, this is last April, nine months ago, the mom dropped off her two-year-old girl for another visit with the grandmother on the south side of Syracuse. Somehow, in that overnight say, Malaya swallowed fentanyl, according to an investigation, and it killed her. I won't read the entire story. It is a well-reported story and well-written, and it is at Syracuse.com. It's a tragic tale. The death leaves a grieving mother and... This mystery, how did a healthy two-year-old girl get access to a dangerous and illegal drug? Was it an accident or an intentional dosing? Whose drugs killed her? Someone out there knows these answers, but the state investigators didn't say where the fentanyl came from. The parents say they don't know. Police and prosecutors are working it, but they are not answering questions. No charges have been filed. So here it is, nine months later, Malaya died April 25th, last year. And apparently no one who knows the answers will talk. So where is the justice? Where is the peace? Whoever is responsible, Malaya's death ends the mother's dream of a life together, a family filled with love. Again, I'm reading from the story at Syracuse.com. I suggest that if you are interested in the sad story, read what Riley Kirk has reported. Mother said, I felt my heart shatter and it hasn't come back. After she died, the little girl was cremated. Since then, inside her mother's purse is a clear plastic sandwich bag full of a light gray powder. Malaya's ashes. Her mom carries her daughter with her every day, keeping her safely tucked away. She said she hopes to find out how her daughter, who would have turned three this month, became another American fentanyl victim. Mom said, I will get justice for my daughter, and at some point, her case will be at peace. And looking at the story here, there's, there's a picture of the little girl, Malaya, smiling. Apparently a happy baby in a in her pajamas, fuzzy pajamas with a little smiley bear face on, on the front and little fuzzy bear ears. And last April 25th, somehow, when she was at an overnight stay, 
visiting her father and her grandmother, somehow she wound up with fentanyl and that killed her. And here we are, nine months later, the people in Syracuse, the uh, authorities investigating Onondaga County and state investigators aren't saying who's responsible. So, that's a tragedy. And that had to have been a difficult story to report. But at least it's been done, so at least Malaya is not being forgotten. This is Bob Joseph with you on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Of course, coming up here on your favorite radio station, we'll have a news update. ABC will cover the nation and the world in about one minute. After that, we'll have a local and regional update with Don Morgan. And then two more hours of Binghamton Now. And we'll talk about local issues. I think think there are a few other things probably that'll come up between now and noon. Just my suspicion that a few people have things to say about non-local matters and will allow it up to a point. Later today, if you're interested in non-local issues, you'll be able to hear Dan Bongino here on the station from noon to three, Sean Hannity from three to six, and Mark Levin from 6 to 9. So plenty to inform, entertain, and even provoke. <laughs> provoke with some of the uh, topics that you'll hear over the next 24 hours. Right here at News Radio, WNBF Binghamton. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Rain, patchy fog, cloudy skies on your 45 today. Tonight, rain, areas of fog, low around 41. Rain likely Friday with a high near 46. Dozens of people were awakened when fire broke out in a room in a motel in the town of Union. The blaze at the Knights Inn at 2603 East Main Street was reported just before 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday. A woman who was staying in a second-floor room told WNBF News she smelled smoke and woke up her partner and their one-year-old daughter. They made it out of the building safely and reported the fire. A fire chief was on the scene. He called for a second alarm about 20 minutes after the blaze was reported. The blaze broke out in a first-floor room that was undergoing construction. A motel representative said no one was staying in the room. He said the fire appeared to be linked to an electric space heater, which may have ignited the carpeting in the room. The Knights Inn shift manager said there were about 56 people staying at the motel at the time of the fire. No injuries were reported. Broome County Sheriff's deputies and state troopers were sent to the scene. The Red Cross was called to find housing for several people displaced by the fire. Former President Donald Trump could return to a New York courtroom this week to defend himself against a lawsuit seeking more than $10 million for things he said about advice columnist E. Jean Carroll after she accused him of sexual assault. Trump's first visit to court this week on Monday ended abruptly because a juror was ill. The trial has been suspended since then. 
Carroll's lawyers today are expected to finish presenting their case for damages regarding things Trump said about her in 2019. That year, Carroll said in a memoir that she was attacked by Trump in the dressing room of a department store in 1996. A jury last year agreed it happened. Trump denies it. The Cortland County District Attorney announced yesterday that Lamar Joseph was found guilty of rape in the first degree following a week-long trial in Cortland County Court. In June of 2022, Joseph made contact with the victim via a social media dating app and arranged to have the victim meet him at his residence. The police investigation and prosecution of this case came together and the testimony, DNA evidence, medical examination of the victim and the defendant's video recorded statement all tied back to reveal that defendant Joseph committed each of the crimes for which he was indicted, culminating in a guilty verdict on, e on each. After the announcement of the verdict of guilty for rape in the first degree, as well as verdicts of guilty of the additional charges of sexual abuse first degree, rape third degree, sexual misconduct, forcible touching, and sexual abuse third degree, the counsel on the trial for the state requested that Joseph's prior bail status be revoked and that he be held in custody pending sentencing. On January 24th, the Vestal Police Department Metro SWAT team and the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 1 Wakeman Road in the town of Vestal. Deontay Stevenson of Vestal was present during the execution of the warrant along with Willie Mims of Vestal. During the search, the following items of evidence were located including fentanyl pills, powder and crack cocaine, scales and packaging used to distribute narcotics, a Citadel Warthog 12-gauge shotgun, loaded high-capacity 223 magazine, assorted ammunition, and $1,068 in U.S. currency. Both Stevenson and Mims were transported to the Broome County Sheriff's Office. While in an interview room, Stevenson tampered with evidence. Stevenson was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the second degree, third degree, fifth degree, criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, tampering with physical evidence, promoting prison contraband in the first degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. Mims was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and fourth degree, possession of a weapon in the third degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. Authorities say a teenager awaiting trial in a homicide escaped outside a hospital next to the University of Pennsylvania and was being sought, warning that he was considered dangerous. Police said 17-year-old Shane Pryor fled just before noon Wednesday outside the emergency room at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia where he had been taken with a hand injury. He was then seen entering buildings and police were searching those and nearby parking structures. Pryor was 14 when he was charged in an October 2020 homicide and has been in a juvenile facility ever since, charged with murder, conspiracy, and firearms crimes. His attorney said he has always maintained his innocence. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
Bob Joseph with you on a Thursday morning. Our number is 607-772-1290. Give us a call if you'd like to chat. Give them what they want. I guess that's what the story is with uh, the presidential campaign. You give them what they want. Not what they need. <laughs> what they want. Well, hey, it works. Focus groups. Do your research. Find out what people want. And give it to them. Give them what they want. <laughs> of course they do. That's how you win. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, sir. It's, uh, it's Dave uh, from Vestal. Morning. Good morning. Hey, I, uh, I was uh, digesting uh, along with my uh, Honey Nut Cheerios there with... Uh, John was uh, proposing. And, you know, as far as crime goes, that probably would be a good thing. But then I started thinking, Bob, what about um, economically? Wouldn't that hurt us? Wouldn't families be uprooted that these guys would want to further their career so they'd be leaving town with their families? Wouldn't that? Why would anybody have to leave town? Explain. Well, well, how would they be police officers? What do you mean? If you're uh, currently a city police officer, you make arrangements. I mean, they have these. Uh, a, a lot of agencies already do this. In fact, it's happening with, uh, with some frequency where people who are part of one law enforcement agency in Broome County wind up joining another for various reasons. I mean, many city police officers over the last decade have uh, ultimately pursued their law enforcement career with other agencies. Some have become sheriff's deputies and some have become state troopers. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to move. No, but I'm sure some have when they've done so. I'm sure some have. Well, you moved. can. It's a free so, country. You know, you know just right. like Sean Hannity. Eventually, after talking about it for 50 years, Sean Hannity finally moved out of New York State. Against all odds. So he went from one, no, he had two mansions on Long Island, and now he lives at a, a probably a bigger, better, nicer mansion in Florida and paying uh, far lower taxes. So, yeah, you can do, you can live pretty much wherever you want to live. Some Binghamton police officers now live within the city. Many live outside the city. They can keep living wherever they want. If they want to, if they want to, um, I, I suppose they probably, there is a residency requirement, I believe, for the sheriff's office, so they'd have to stay within Broome County. But if they're already living in Broome County, whether it's in the city of Binghamton or elsewhere, it, w it wouldn't be uprooted. They, they okay. probably, probably the biggest thing, not the biggest or only thing, but one of the big things, they would have to get a, a new uniform. So obviously 
if you go from one agency to another, for example, the sheriff's office has a different type of uniform for deputies or state police have a different type of uniform and headwear for troopers. But that doesn't, doesn't mean that you can't put your law enforcement experience, what you learned in the academy, you, you know, you're still upholding the same laws of New York State. Sure. But I would think if a lot of them wanted to be a trooper, they would have by now. They would have pursued that avenue. So some t- oh, No, some, no. here's the thing. And I, I know I am aware of some specific cases where they started off working for say, Binghamton or other local police agencies, and ultimately they applied to become a trooper, and then they did it. Sometimes, right, so I- sometimes because of logistics, say, if one agency is hiring at the moment, we know in the last few years, Binghamton police have had a big hiring push on because they've been working to fill vacant positions. So maybe at, at one particular time, especially because... Mayor David and now Mayor Cram have been highlighting the city's efforts to add to the ranks of the Binghamton Police Department. You know, maybe somebody will start for a few years at Binghamton and maybe then they'll go to another agency. It happens all the time. Are you familiar with law enforcement officers around here? It's intriguing, yeah. Okay, so you probably know. some. I mean, Mm -hmm. some people go their entire career in law enforcement working for one agency, but some mm-hmm. work for two or more agencies over over a period of 20 or sometimes maybe 25 years, depending on circumstances. So I don't know. Remember, remember, I'm old enough to remember when the Broome County District Attorney, I think it was Patrick Monserati, actually re- recommended a single police force in Broome County. In fact, I believe... Wasn't it just a few months ago that I was asking this very question to Sheriff Fred Akshar here on this live radio program? Yes, as a matter of fact, I did. So, you know, and he was, because remember, last summer, was it last summer or fall, there were some concerns raised about a special detail that the sheriff's office had in the village of Endicott. For a few weeks and that's mm-hmm. after that we talked as we do we always talk and ask questions we get information because some people were wondering in the future uh, about police agencies you know in the past one of the agencies that always seems to be um, talked about every few years about being dissolved is the village of Owego police and so far, it hasn't. That agency hasn't been dissolved, but it comes up, I would say, at least twice a decade. So it's probably due to come up again for a while. Some people were talking about the possibility of dissolving the Endicott Police Department, and now a WNBF listener is talking about the possibility to see if the people of Binghamton would want to consider dissolving the city police and then turning over law enforcement, perhaps to the sheriff's office or state police. It's not, nobody is forcing anybody. This is, it would be, I think, the start of a discussion. It might be a, a productive discussion. Who knows? Law enforcement ultimately might benefit. Maybe all the people of Broome County could benefit too. Yeah, I, yeah I've been thinking about it ever since you mentioned it. I've been uh, 
thinking the pros and cons of it. Yeah, I, and, and again, I can understand initially maybe why police administrators or, say, the mayor or maybe some of the rank and file people who are out on the streets or people who are in the specialized units, initially they might say, no, 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 no. What are you talking about? It's sort of um, an in instinctive reaction I think many of us have, say, if, say if they're uh, talking about some institution that we love, a club or some organization or a church or a school district. Anytime somebody talks about it being dissolved or merged or whatever, people are, are almost instinctively going to say, oh, no, don't do that. No, I like it just the way it always has been. But sometimes, if people think about all the ramifications, sometimes people might say, wait a second, actually, now that we look at everything involved, including, say, potential pay, uh, potential benefits, uh, overall uh, potential coverage of a community, who knows, maybe in the end, there would be uh, a consensus that it could be the right way to go. Then before you take a step like that, then you'd have to do your due diligence and uh, check with uh, other communities that have, or other cities that have uh, done something like that and see how they're doing. Check out their their crime data, see what's going on, see if they're happy with it. But it's something you'd have to look into. You can't just jump and do. You've well, got to I have didn't some say. Data to go not, by, you know? I mean, look around here. If you pay attention to anything around here, this area doesn't do anything like that. We never just jump and do anything. If anything ever gets done around here, it takes years or decades. This area is notable. This area is notable for taking its sweet time about anything, whether it's about parking garages or stadiums or roundabouts. Nothing happens, truly, nothing happens overnight. Nothing happens even within a year or two. If this concept that John mentioned about an hour ago, if it ever was to happen, and maybe it would and maybe it wouldn't, it's not going to happen anytime soon. The way things operate around here might not happen for another 50 or 70 years because just because people around here aren't motivated to do much of anything quickly unless it's to pass a raise for themselves. And then if they do that and they won't put out any advance notice. Oh, we're going to vote to increase our pay. So let's hold a, a public hearing and talk about it on Binghamton now. No, they'll pay raises or increasing their own benefits. They can act quickly on that. But very few other things have that kind You're of right urgency. Yeah. You're so, right. We're, we are very slow. You're right. Sure. All right. Let's yep. see what the others have to say. I'm sure I'm Sure. other listeners may have thoughts about this or other topicality. Hi, it's 1020 on WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? It's Tim from Binghamton. How are you doing, Bob? Good. Good morning. Welcome. Good. I'm, I'm just listening uh, about, the, you know, any, any kind of police force consolidation. You know, I, I think it would be a great idea for the taxpayers to save some money, but also they could probably, like, enforce that, you know, the city needs to have uh, law officers that actually have degrees in, uh, you know, in, in uh, you know, civil civil service degrees. You know what I'm talking about? Like a criminal justice degree. Right. Right now, I think you can be 18 years old, get out of high school, and be holding a gun within a few months. So if they want to consolidate, it would be nice if they could at least make sure that these gentlemen are public, you know, they're educated. 
Yeah, well, you, eventually you have to go through the academy. Oh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, you know, the... the uh, so, I mean, they could make provisional appointments, but ultimately you're going to have to go through a law enforcement academy, whether it's here in Broome County or if you're in, in inclined to become a state trooper, you're going to have to go yeah, yeah. through the state police academy. Yeah, yeah, in those academies, they show you how to wrestle people to the ground. They show you how to put on your bulletproof vest and how to hold a gun. They don't teach you about what the laws are for the municipality you're serving the county or the state. I mean, the, the, the state troopers and our Broome County sheriffs are required to have a degree. The city of Binghamton, like I said, you could get out of high school and months later be holding a gun. Well, you know, like, you know I, that's certainly not the ideal. Uh, yeah, well, no, I mean, a, a well-trained, well-educated police force is what every community needs. But here's here's yeah. something. I just looked this up. So 50 years ago, actually it was 51 years ago, 1973, Broome County's district attorney was pushing for a single police force. And this is the story that was in the newspaper, February 28th, 1973. Police conduct and performance in Broome County is often less than acceptable according to District Attorney Patrick Monserati. He said that in his annual report. Can you imagine in 2024 a district attorney in Broome County ever having the audacity to say that? Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think... No, there w that wouldn't happen. Patrick Monserati was a different type of district attorney. He said the only solution is one that his office has been stressing without too much success for the past three years, the consolidation of police services within the county into a single Broome County Police Department. He wrote in his report 51 years ago, if it appears to some that we are persistent and somewhat impatient with respect to the issue of consolidation of police services, that assumption would be entirely correct. So he was essentially a lone voice encouraging a single police department in Broome County so services would be more efficient and more consistent. And, and, I, and I believe that you would get qualified candidates. I think you would. And no one... Trust me, under a consolidated police department in Broome County, no one who is a law enforcement officer today in any of the, the local agencies would lose a job. Right. They, they, the provisions would be made to ensure that everybody who's currently employed, as far as the men and women who are out on the streets patrolling, or people in the specialized divisions, if they wanted to continue to be part of Broome County law enforcement under a consolidated system, a reorganized system, that there would be provisions that would guarantee that they would have the opportunity, or if they wanted, they could retire if they wanted with the benefits to which they were already entitled. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see what the problem is here, Bob. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I'm, and I'm just saying that it's interesting that half a century ago the district attorney put it out there, and ultimately, most local officials, most mayors and police chiefs scoffed at the idea. Oh yeah, 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 Bob, it would get him off the bar stool, my man. <laughs> Thank you. It's ten twenty-five at WNBF, but. You know, I think it's just personal opinion, 
as someone who was born in Binghamton and grew up in Binghamton and has worked in Binghamton for a few years, I think every half century or so, it's an issue that should be seriously considered. I don't personally know. I have no way of knowing how well it could work. I would think, though, that the people of Broome County and the people in the local communities might want to look into it. It's no obligation. If you study something, nobody's obligated. I think some people would would feel, oh, well, if we approve a study of any sort of police consolidation or dissolving any local agency, that if it's studied, well, then inevitably it's going to happen. No, it's not inevitable. I'm just scanning through the story from the newspaper in 1973, February 1973. Let's see. I'm trying to pick out the most important things. Hmm. He was actually, and remember, this is Patrick Monserati, who was district attorney. I don't recall any other district attorney who would have the have the nerve, have the gumption to ever say something like this now. But Patrick Monserati did it in 1973. And listen, imagine, if you will, what would happen today if Broome County's district attorney said this. This is what the DA in Broome County said 51 years ago, and I quote, On a daily basis, we see the detrimental effect on police services in this county resulting from lack of leadership in particular departments, lack of adequate training and retraining, lack of proper motivation within the ranks of the departments, leading to a depressing decline in morale among police officers, which affects their performance of their duties. Monserati added such a condition among the several departments in the county in many instances results in a less than acceptable standard of conduct and performance with no realistic hope or expectation of improvement other than a complete reorganization and consolidation of the type we have recommended. The district attorney, Patrick Monserati, urged the Broome County Legislature to make police consolidation a top priority. He wrote, a committee of the legislature requested that the county planning board undertake a study of certain aspects of police consolidation and render a report of its findings. He added, those findings or recommendations, if any there be, have yet to see the light of day. Anyway, it's kind of a long story, back when stories of this type were permitted in the newspaper, but... There it is, February 28th, 1973, when the district attorney, Patrick Monserati, said something that I don't believe anybody in his position before or since has dared to say. I don't think you would ever, ever <laughs> hear comments like that in Broome County in 2024. 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph. Yes, a voice of reason, always asking a few questions, including what about the future? What about our future here in the Triple Cities?
Give us a call if you have thoughts on our Thursday program. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. This is. Ten thirty-two WNBF. New York wants me. <laughs> New York wants me. Binghamton, New York wants me to stay at Binghamton now, and I will. Guess where's you're uh, covering the world, the world as we know it. January thaw is now underway, so if anything you had outdoors was frozen, you can. Pretty much bet it's no longer frozen at this point. Cloudy today, patchy drizzle and fog, high 45. Tonight, drizzle and rain and more fog, low 41. Tomorrow, cloudy, rain likely, patchy drizzle. And the high of 46, the outlook for Saturday, cloudy, high 42. And right now in downtown Binghamton, it's 43. That is 6 Celsius. 6. And still some patchy, dense fog is lingering around the Twin Tiers, especially over the higher elevations. Visibilities will decrease to a quarter mile or less at times, so drivers will encounter fluctuating visibilities ranging from good to poor over short distances. So if driving in the fog, drive to stay alive. And as mentioned a bit earlier, just something to be aware of, the forecasters are watching a potential coastal system that could affect the area Sunday into Monday. The storm system could bring a mix of snow and rain to the region with probabilities for accumulating snow starting to increase. Right now, there is still uncertainty about the storm system. We'll see how things are shaping up tomorrow morning. If it seems appropriate, I'll make arrangements for someone from the National Weather Service to chat with us on tomorrow's program. If it seems somewhat likely or more likely, if they're more certain that we're going to have a uh, snow event Sunday uh, going into Monday. Right now, the way the forecast is worded, for Sunday night, it says cloudy, snow likely, possibly mixed with rain, and then turning to all snow, low 28, and then Monday, mostly cloudy with a chance of snow showers in the morning, high 33. So at this point, eh, eh. 
They can't say for sure. I, I guess, I guess they might uh, tell you it could go either way. So tomorrow morning, depending on how the forecast is shaping up, we'll uh, possibly have somebody from the National Weather Service to give us the details, the details that you need. WNBF.com has some of the interesting stories around the area. I'm proud to contribute to WNBF.com with some local reporting, some things I find out. I have a couple of stories already planned for WNBF.com later today, so I would encourage you to check that out. I did get a chance to pop over to a new restaurant that will be opening tomorrow. We first reported on this several weeks ago. I think our first story was in November. So they, for some reason, and I'm not really clear, but for some reason, chicken these days is all the rage. You know, uh, people have whipped themselves into some sort of chicken frenzy. I like chicken. I think a lot of people like chicken, but for some reason it's it's just got it's gone wild. And now there's a new place here on Corsaries right next to Bosco's and they call it Nanu's Nashville Hot Chicken. Nanu's Nashville Hot Chicken, so it's on Court Street. It's right between Boscovs and the Court Street Bridge. So we have a story about that on our website, WNBF.com. So two Broome County men are launching this restaurant. They've been planning this for quite a while, and it's an interesting story. So if you want to see more about that, because we've got the, uh, the hours listed and everything about it, plus... Oh, pictures. Yes, we've got pictures inside for the first time. I'd been clamoring. Well, not clamoring. I'd been requesting to uh, go inside and take pictures of everything in video and finally had the opportunity to do that Wednesday. So see for yourself a sneak preview of downtown Binghamton's soon-to-open Nanu's Nashville Hot Chicken restaurant. That's at WNBF.com. It's 1038. Hi, I'm Bob Joseph. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, James from Endwell. Hi, James. Hey, Bob. Did you try calling me? Oh, is that you? Oh, that, yeah. that number that begins with 752? Yeah, yeah. You're probably responding to an email I sent you. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was you, though, because I I just wanted to know because I, I had received a couple emails, but I didn't know it was from you. I just... I just uh, thought I'd yeah. better give you a call because I thought, well, what if it's uh, Geraldo? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought I thought Bobby. the number looked somewhat familiar, and then I thought, wait, it could be, it could be either James or it could be Geraldo. I knew if it was James, I'd probably be hearing from you anyway. But I figured if yeah. it's Geraldo, Geraldo probably would be passing through Binghamton and want to set up a a lunch. A lunch meeting so we could have a, a lamb speedy so that's so yeah, thank you actually i was gonna i was gonna call you about bobby kennedy jr i got a call from uh recording of course of course see this is i know you're one of the uh supporters of bobby kennedy jr but here's the thing how come he's not doing any campaigning in new york state 
Uh, how come he's not well, on this program? If he really wanted to be president, he should be on this program. Well, he's probably targeting the bigger markets, uh, bigger cities and things, I imagine. Well, so, so what, you know, yeah. what I take away from that, that means plate people in Binghamton don't don't count. Uh, I don't I don't agree with that, but uh, Well, no, I don't agree with it, but that's that's the conclusion. That's the conclusion I'm, I'm forced to make. Well, I don't have time. I I don't want to be like the person who does the 1,000th interview with him. I want to be someone who can do an interview with him this week. I mean, well, what, you know, what would it would it be impossible for him to call in tomorrow? Say it. I don't know. Like at 11:10 tomorrow morning. I'll get after him. Well, write a note. Write you. a note. Tell him that Bob Joseph wants him to call in. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, after the 11 o'clock news, say Bob Joseph wants to speak with Mr. Kennedy for 10 minutes Friday morning after the 11 o'clock news, and then give him well, my number. Just got a long time before the election. This poll results are going well, up. Well, time, time's so. a wasting. I, I have I have a few questions. He he can be on more than once, but he should be on tomorrow. I think I think he should strike while the iron is hot. Well. I'll uh, emphasize them to you know to him that uh, well on on your email one. on the on the email you know how they have that thing you can click if it's a high priority message click on that that way they'll know that there's some urgency here. Well, I actually called him a couple of years ago and I told him that he should run for president. So I don't know if I planted that seat or not, but uh, I'll remind him of that. All right. So well, that should count for something. Job. So you were you were one of his earliest supporters. So you know. He, he probably appreciates that. So if you supported his candidacy a few years ago, if you give him guidance that I have a slot, let me just double check. I better double check the calendar. Hold on. Don't worry. This is me checking the calendar. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning after the 11 o'clock news, I have a slot. I'm going to write him in. I'm just going to, for shorthand, RFK Jr. Is that okay? Okay. RFK Jr. And I'm going to put 1105 in a question mark because obviously he doesn't know yet that I have put him on the schedule. But if you would let his campaign know, because even if he's busy, even if he's uh, traveling from one event to another... He certainly has access to a phone. You, you think, uh, I wonder, you know, that voice issue he has. I guess it turns a lot of people off, but um, it must be some sort. I think it's some sort of disability with his voice. And I'm wondering if that, you know, is going to be uh, a problem going forward. But uh, do you I think don't it's see. like a public, do you think it, that's actually a public speaking issue uh, well it's it's a health issue and and nobody should even care i mean that'd be like saying somebody as uh, a cold or somebody has some sort of physical disability doesn't affect his it doesn't affect his ability to to serve as president what he was diagnosed with it's called spasmodic dysphonia so he was diagnosed with that around 1996 and one of the symptoms, of course, of this neurological disorder is a raspy voice. There's no cure for the condition. So basically, if this happens to you, and it could happen, I think, to any of us at any time, because I'm not 
I'm not aware that there's anything that they've identified that causes this. But for all I know, and for all you know, we could wind up with this sometime today, and people would say, how come your voice sounds different? And well, we would just say, I don't know. I've They're, been listening to his podcast for quite a while now. He's really super intelligent. Well, he I is. Think this guy is smarter than John F. Kennedy and his dad. I mean, he's... Well, I'll I'll say this. In my opinion, he's definitely smarter than Teddy. Well. (laughs) Right? Won't comment on that. No, I'm not expecting. Hey, it's just an opinion. I can't prove it. It's just I have a gut feeling RFK Jr. is smarter than Teddy. But that also, for Teddy Kennedy supporters, don't take it the wrong way. I thought he was very intelligent. Just not always. He didn't always use. He didn't use. In my opinion about Teddy Kennedy, I didn't think he always used uh, common sense. That's all I'll say. Right. Well, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is an attorney. so He's, he's brilliant. Be, have a certain level of intelligence, which I always thought that to be a politician, there should be some sort of test. You, know? <laughs> you mean like an IQ test? Well, I mean, a lot of jobs you get, you got to have an education. Uh, yeah, why not? Oh, I don't know. But that would disqualify some people. That would... That means some people who had lower IQs wouldn't be allowed to run. Well, I guess if you have a lower IQ, it doesn't mean you're you know not a good leader. If you have the common sense, then I agree with you on that. Well, that's the thing. You know, the... In fact, one, one could actually argue that we need more people, not fewer people. We need more people who um, like people who aren't as well educated. I love the poorly educated. Level of common sense, how do you, how do you uh, judge that or give a test for that? There is none. Well, Bobby F. Kennedy Jr., he, he seems to have a lot of common sense. He's an environmentalist, and uh, he seems to care, you know, care about our environment, which you care about our environment, you care about people and animals, and so... Well, I know he cares. He's wanting to, he's wanting to bring people together in a, with the Democrats and Republicans. I mean, I started out as a Democrat, and I went over to the Green Party because of my concerns about the environment. Now I'm kind of swinging back to the middle, a bit of a social conservative because I don't believe in abortion, and uh, you know I'm against drugs, and uh, kind of right in the middle there, I guess. But I care about the environment. I what about what are, about this? If if he was Donald Trump's running mate. That's what I was thinking. He'd definitely get votes. That's one way for Trump to win. Trump could, if Trump chooses RFK Jr. as his running mate, I bet he would defeat Biden-Harris. It would be close. It wouldn't be a runaway like the 2020 election where Biden defeated Trump by more than 7 million votes. It would be a close election. But I bet a ticket with... Donald Trump and RFK Jr., I bet that would come out at least a few hundred votes ahead of uh, Biden-Harris. You know, the tough thing, thing, though, if Trump chooses RFK Jr. to be his vice presidential candidate, that puts Joe Biden in a difficult position because then he'd have to seriously consider whether to replace Kamala Harris and find another vice presidential candidate who could give him more 
more votes. That's where Tracy, not Tracy, that's where uh, Taylor Swift comes in. So that would make for an interesting election. You have uh, Trump as the Republican standard bearer with his uh, running mate, RFK Jr. And then you have Biden as the Democratic standard bearer with his vice presidential candidate, Taylor Swift. I think, I actually, in that case, if Taylor Swift is on the ballot, I think we know it's not even going to be close, but you never know. It'd be fascinating. Wouldn't it be a great debate, like the vice presidential debate that they would hold in October? There's always one vice presidential debate. So you have RFK Jr., the Republican vice presidential candidate, debating Taylor Swift, the Democratic vice presidential candidate. That would get big ratings. Yeah, They could even run it at halftime during an NFL game, during a, a Kansas City Chiefs game. Yeah, the media, with media, does who they're covering and stuff. But well, you know the media. You, you know what the media want. The media they want... They won't even cover Kennedy. Well, liberal. well, but the reason... Here's one, re here's one reason we can't cover Kennedy. We want to cover RFK Jr., but so far he hasn't called in. So if, well, this is this is how I'll know if he wants coverage from Binghamton now. If if he's on the line tomorrow morning at eleven oh five, that's how I'll know that he's taking Binghamton voters seriously. Well, I got through to him calling right. the law office a couple of years ago, so maybe that's the strategy. Well, yeah. do do what you need to do, and let's. We've got we've got just over twenty four hours to uh, get him on the line. You think it'll be a three-way race or maybe even no, a four-way race no, in a general election? No, it's not. It's going to be a two-way race. It's going to be think so? It's going to be probably Trump versus Biden. So, okay, see well, what happens. Get, get in touch with uh, with his campaign, okay? I'll do my best. Buddy. All right, thank you. Uh, gives me a reason to come in tomorrow. It's going to call in sick, but no, I'll wait till Monday to call in sick. I'm kidding. I don't call in sick. It's 1049. This is Bob Joseph. Binghamton now. WNBF. Boom heaters for when the power goes out. Heirloom seeds and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to Binghamton Now on a Thursday morning at WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Rain, patchy fog, cloudy skies on your 45 today. Tonight, rain, areas of fog, low around 41. Rain likely Friday with a high near 46. Dozens of people were awakened when fire broke out in a room in a motel in the town of Union. The blaze at the Knights Inn at 2603 East Main Street was reported just before 5.30 a.m. on Wednesday. A woman who was staying in a second-floor room told WNBF News she smelled smoke and woke up her partner and their one-year-old daughter. They made it out of the building safely and reported the fire. A fire chief was on the scene. He called for a second alarm about 20 minutes after the blaze was reported. The blaze broke out in a first-floor room that was undergoing construction. 
A motel representative said no one was staying in the room. He said the fire appeared to be linked to an electric space heater, which may have ignited the carpeting in the room. The Knights Inn shift manager said there were about 56 people staying at the motel at the time of the fire. No injuries were reported. Broome County Sheriff's deputies and state troopers were sent to the scene. The Red Cross was called to find housing for several people displaced by the fire. Former President Donald Trump could return to a New York courtroom this week to defend himself against a lawsuit seeking more than $10 million for things he said about advice columnist E. Jean Carroll after she accused him of sexual assault. Trump's first visit to court this week on Monday ended abruptly because a juror was ill. The trial has been suspended since then. Carol's lawyers today are expected to finish presenting their case for damages regarding things Trump said about her in 2019. That year, Carol said in a memoir that she was attacked by Trump in the dressing room of a department store in 1996. A jury last year agreed it happened. Trump denies it. The Cortland County District Attorney announced yesterday that Lamar Joseph was found guilty of rape in the first degree following a week-long trial in Cortland County Court. In June of 2022, Joseph made contact with the victim via a social media dating app and arranged to have the victim meet him at his residence. The police investigation and prosecution of this case came together and the testimony, DNA evidence, medical examination of the victim and the defendant's video recorded statement all tied back to reveal that defendant Joseph committed each of the crimes for which he was indicted, culminating in a guilty verdict on each. After the announcement of the verdict of guilty for rape in the first degree, as well as verdicts of guilty of the additional charges of sexual abuse first degree, rape third degree, sexual misconduct, forcible touching, and sexual abuse third degree, lead counsel on the trial for the state requested that Joseph's prior bail status be revoked and that he be held in custody pending sentencing. On January 24th, the Vestal Police Department Metro SWAT team and the Broome County Special Investigations Unit Task Force executed a search warrant at 1 Wakeman Road in the town of Vestal. Deontay Stevenson of Vestal was present during the execution of the warrant along with Willie Mims of Vestal. During the search, the following items of evidence were located, including fentanyl pills, powder and crack cocaine, scales and packaging used to distribute narcotics, a Citadel Warthog 12-gauge shotgun, loaded high-capacity 223 magazine, assorted ammunition, and $1,068 in U.S. currency. Both Stevenson and Mims were transported to the Broome County Sheriff's Office. While in an interview room, Stevenson tampered with evidence. Stevenson was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the second degree, third degree, fifth degree, criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, tampering with physical evidence, promoting prison contraband in the first degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. Mims was charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the third degree and fourth degree, possession of a weapon in the third degree, and criminally using drug paraphernalia in the second degree. 
Authorities say a teenager awaiting trial in a homicide escaped outside a hospital next to the University of Pennsylvania and was being sought, warning that he was considered dangerous. Police said 17-year-old Shane Pryor fled just before noon Wednesday outside the emergency room at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia where he had been taken with a hand injury. He was then seen entering buildings and police were searching those in nearby parking structures. Pryor was 14 when he was charged in an October 2020 homicide and has been in a juvenile facility ever since, charged with murder, conspiracy and firearms crimes. His attorney said he has always maintained his innocence. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Morning, another hour of Binghamton Now. This is Bob Joseph. Give me a call now, 607-772-1290. Turn it inside out so I can see The part of you that's drifting over me And when I wake you're You're never there And when I sleep you're You're everywhere You're everywhere WNBF is everywhere, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. And say if you're in the villages in Florida or, for that matter, in Boise, Idaho, you could be listening using the WNBF app. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. This is Bonnie from Binghamton. Um, Bob, I wanted to follow up on a, a conversation that had occurred yesterday um, on abortion to all the people out there who think states' rights are the way to go. Um, a report has just come out, and I'm looking at it from the Journal of American Medicine Association. Um, and it, it looked at the 14 states that had banned abortion since Roe versus Wade was, um, Wade was overturned. So what it says is that 500, almost 520,000 rapes have occurred in these 14 states, but 65,000 of them ended up in pregnancies. Of course, of that 65,000, the biggest amount occurred in Texas, which has very strict abortion rules. Um, 45% of them actually occurred in Texas. So I want people to think about this. We're forcing these children and the women to have babies, these babies. Um, these women and the girls are the victims of the crime, not um, and, and shouldn't be forced to carry a life if that's not what they choose. But the question I want to ask a lot of people on, on the abortion um, issue, are you pro-life or are you pro-birth? Because a lot of times what I see is if you're if you say you're pro-life, um, you don't support programs that are needed after the birth of the child, such as WIC, school lunches, and attacking the Affordable Care Act also makes it worse for these same reasons. And then the final thing I'll ask is, do you believe in the death penalty? Because if you believe in the death penalty, then you don't believe in life. 
So um, thank you. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. It's 1112 WNBF. What about those questions? Think about it. Let me know what your feelings are. 607-772-1290. Well, here's something. John Campbell, Albany correspondent, former Press and Sun Bulletin reporter, former Gannett reporter, now working for WNYC and the media organization known as Gothamist. John Campbell says a a noticeable thing. Governor Hochul seems to be publicly recognizing Lieutenant Governor Delgado at more and more events recently. He sat in on a roundtable on hate crimes today with the governor. Well, that's interesting. I may give John Campbell a call. It's been a while since we have spoken with John Campbell on our radio program. I let me just see. I think I think I was uh, working to have John Campbell come on the program. Yeah, it was a little over a month ago, and uh, he let's see said he was interested, but uh, he was really busy. He was doing traveling uh, and just otherwise occupied, so he wasn't able to do it in December. So he said, "Let's plan to do a chat in January." So I will try to get in touch with him. We could talk about what's going on now in Albany with the budget, uh, Governor Hochul's state of the state message. I'm sure he has some thoughts about what is going on as the legislature begins dealing with some key issues in 2024. And then I can ask him as well what might be going on with suddenly giving Antonio Delgado more visibility. It's fairly unusual for a New York governor to want to publicize or do anything to really acknowledge that there is such a thing as lieutenant governor. Usually we only wind up hearing much about the lieutenant governor if the uh, well, that's what happened with Andrew Cuomo. He had to leave early, and then suddenly we heard something about Kathy Hochul. Other than that, most of the time, lieutenant governors. Remember the one lieutenant governor? Oh, Beverly, not Beverly. Oh, Betsy Ross. Remember her claim to fame was she stood for George Pataki's entire state of the state message. So I don't remember if it was an hour, but I think she stood for the whole thing. Everybody else sat back to enjoy an hour of state of the state fun and frolic. And as I recall, Lieutenant Governor Betsy McCoy Ross just stood there. And she'll forever be known as the standing Lieutenant Governor. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, good morning, Bob. This is Vinny from Binghamton. Hey, Vinny. Uh, where have you been? Oh, I, I, Bob, since the beginning I, of uh, January, I have really been busy doing a lot of stuff. Uh, oh, man, visit, visiting. It was my uh, first month I was visiting a lot of people, just talking. I've, I've listened to the show a couple times, and um, I've enjoyed it. 
And um, I, I even took notes sometimes that I want to call the next day, but I got busy and I had to had to go do something. But uh, you know, I, I just wanted to bring some cheer to the to the uh, listening audience today. I just read the uh, article in the Washington Post: the U.S. economy boomed in 2023 thanks to consumers opening their wallets. Talked about how our economy grew by a bustling 3.1%. You know, shows how, uh, you know, inflation slowly coming down. The economy's resilience. Um, it even talks here about the economic growth figures are a, politi- are a political boost for President Biden as every year of his term has seen GDP growth. Despite some struggling quarters, last year's 3.3% expansion Tops GDP growth in every year of President Donald Trump's term, including 2019 when the economy grew by 2.9%. So Biden beat him every year, every year. And as a matter of fact, this guy wants the economy, he wants the Wall Street to, to crash. He wants the stock market to crash. And he said that many times. Well, that's a terrible so, thing. That is a terrible yeah. thing. Yep. Yep, that's it. Talking, I guess the uh, the Democrats and the Republicans are down there trying to put together a bill for the border. He's calling them. He's calling these senators down there. Republican senators don't pass anything. Nope, make him look bad. Don't pass anything on the border. That's that's what we got. Folks. That's a really cynical approach. So basically, it seems, if I'm understanding this correctly. They want to do everything, everything to make life miserable and torpedo any sort of positive initiative on the part of Biden-Harris, at least till the election, so they can improve their chances of winning, of getting back in the White House. Is that is that what you're saying? That's what, that's what I'm saying, Bob, and it's it's nothing new with this man. You know, I wanted to also mention one other thing. You know, um, and our media really doesn't talk about it, but um, I don't know. Uh, e. Jean Carroll and this rape charge. You know, he's right now they're going back because they said sexual, you know, he was, he was accused of um, some type of sexual. It was rape, but they want to soften it up because they really can't prove it. But, um, you know, it can be proved, Bob, that something happened. Um, she still has the dress. She still has that black Donna Karen long dress. She's never washed it. And they took DNA three years ago. They've got the DNA of that. And all Donald Trump has to do. Well, what, what were the results of the DNA? So after they tested well, the DNA, what, well, what did they conclude? They found it was a male. It was a male person. They got it all. Because you know how much far DNA has come. All Donald Trump says, hey, you know, I'm going to show you American people. I did not rape her. I've never met her. All he's got to do is swab the inside of his mouth and give them the DNA. Well, don't they have any samples of him on file anyway from when he was president? Nope, you ain't getting them. Just like them taxes. You're not getting them. Really? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, I would think if if that's the case, he would want to um, take a, a a simple step that would clearly exonerate him and then we could get past this because I, I even just talking about it is um, is unsettling well that that too Bob but you got to remember this is the man who bought all those girls that that all those women accused Bill Clinton 
This is the same guy. As a matter of fact, there's a caller, a well-known caller calls in this program. And I remember him saying when Hillary Clinton was, was, uh, was running, he said, one of the reasons I wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton is because I don't have any respect for a woman who's going to stay with a man like Bill Clinton has done all those things. She did honor and stuff. And he's a, he's a Trump supporter now. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I appreciate the call. And, um, hey, call in more often because people have been uh, missing you. Oh, well, Bob, hey, it, this, this is the year, Bob. This is All right. Year, this is well, I'm, year, I'm expecting... I'm expecting, you know, the problem, and it's not really a problem for anyone but me, but when regular callers just aren't heard sometimes for days or weeks, it, it makes you wonder, is it something I said? No, no, no. And can I just say one more thing? Matt Ryan, you keep calling in this program, man. I've never met you. You keep calling in this program. Don't listen to anybody. And let me tell you something else, Matt Ryan. I don't think you think you're better than anybody else. All right. Well, thank you, Vinny. Good to hear from you. Yep. Glad you're doing okay. It's 1121. I'm Bob Joseph, as they say, a voice of reason on AM radio. And believe it or not, FM radio, too. Our number is 607-772-1290. You're listening to Binghamton Now. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Binghamton now at 11.26. Back to the phones we go. Jim and Endwell, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. First, I'd like to say that there are um, times when an abortion is probably the best option, such as what the health of mother, rape, incest, and things like that. Unfortunately, a lot of people use abortion as a form of contraceptive. And, I mean, it's, it, you know... I went out, I had a good time. Okay, let's get rid of the baby. And I mean, that's just wrong. I'm sorry. But what I really called for was, how could anyone in their right mind compare the life of someone who does a heinous crime, such as going into a civic center and shooting up a bunch of people who are trying to become American citizens and the people volunteering their time to teach them, 
or go into a school and shoot up a bunch of six or seven year olds? How can you compare that person's life to the life of an innocent baby that's not even born and say, if you believe in the death penalty, well, then life's not important to you. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's a pretty sad state of our world if that's the way people think. And that's all I got to say, Bob. All right. Thanks for your call. More calls coming up at 607-772-1290. This is the Opinion Station. If you have an opinion, you have a chance to express it on Binghamton Now. DJ in Binghamton, good morning. Hey, good morning. You know, the lady made a good point for us, us pro-lifers. That if, if it's a rape, then she said that the, uh, the woman was the victim not the baby, so the woman could get psychological help, but the baby's dead. So that was an excellent point. And as far as John from Binghamton, I wanted to say, wasn't he the same guy who wanted to name Main Street Trump Boulevard and ran for Binghamton School Board and lost and called up and badmouthed our sheriff Fred Eckshar and he had a sheriff Eckshar had to call him. That is the craziest thing I've ever heard about the police. And we don't get rid of the police; we get rid of the wackadoodles and the wackadoodle idea. Well, I wouldn't be that harsh. You know, it could uh, could also say, I just disagree. Well, I do disagree. That's not harsh. Well, it's harsher than, it's harsher than necessary. Calling, calling people with whom you disagree names. Well, I'm not, he, I, I don't, he, I, I don't dislike him or anything. I'm just saying. Well, then, show a little more respect. Say, I disagree. I disagree. You don't have to say, oh, well, aren't you the one blah, 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 and talking about things that happened in the past. You say, I disagree with his proposal. And then say why you disagree. You don't have to, you know, dive into the uh, deep pond of negativity and get it all over you. First of all, I, I, I like John. I talk with him every every event that I see him at. We go to the same events. He's a nice guy. But that's the equivalent of saying, let's get rid of the fire departments and get volunteers. Let's get rid of the, the ambulances and have Uber drivers take them. It's, it's just, it's, it's Except that. he didn't say that. As I pointed out, if, and I didn't say this is something that's going to happen or something I want to happen, if a decision was made to dissolve BPD, Whoever is in charge, city council, county legislature, the state, whatever, there could be so many things that would be put in to protect the pay, the benefits, everything. Everybody's rights could be protected if if somebody wanted to go that far. And, and who's to say that ultimately, if people thought this through, that ultimately... It might not be better for everybody concerned. More consistent, professional public safety, better benefits, better pay, better response times. Who's to say it couldn't happen? You know, it could. Ask the police. It's it's uh, it's it's rebellion and anarchy. So you got to ask the police, brother. Well, I well, okay. I'm not going to argue the point. I will just say I don't perceive it to be rebellion and anarchy it's a proposal it's actually starting a conversation that's what america's about the free flow of ideas you don't have to agree but then to dismiss 
those with whom you disagree with some sort of funny name. That sounds almost like a presidential candidate. It doesn't sound like the kind of talk show that you'd want your kids to listen to. 607-772-1290. Let's hit another call. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, hello again there, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Hey, I, could, could I could I respond to... Uh, um, boy, I haven't heard Vinny in a while. He sounded good. Yeah, it's hey. great. <laughs> I, 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 I tried to relate to him that you and I missed him. And and all of our viewers missed him, so it was just it's reassuring to know that he's doing well. Yeah, no, no, seriously, it is. Um, it, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he. I'm glad he called Bob because he he like he likes wakes me up. You know, I get my ears perk up and I, and I stop yawning whenever I hear him call. Um, you know, as far as is Biden growing things, Bob. <laughs> Come on, Bob. When he came in, let's face the facts. When he came in, there was a pandemic. He, jobs, everything shut down. Everything shut down, Bob. If he couldn't grow stuff back from that situation where jobs increased and the economy got better. That's from- the thing. Jobs have increased and the economy has gotten better and stock markets are roaring. It's scary just how good the economy is going. And it's scary just how high the uh, the stock indexes are going. You know, who would think that a guy from Scranton could have done all that? You could have done that, but anyone could have done that. So, no, we don't give Biden credit for that. And as far as the border goes, Bob, boy, does that really get me going. How Biden, so? Why does that really get you going? Well, Benny said he's blaming the Republicans now that won't shut it down. Bob, look what he did. He came in, he changed everything. He allowed all these people in the country, and now he wants credit. He <laughs> he wants to shut it down now. You know what, Joe? If you want to shut it down, this is what you got to do. We're going to round them all up, deport everybody, all the millions you left in. You let them in, and then we'll sit down and talk. You're not going to get your cake and eat it, too. You're not going to allow millions into the country and then get credit for turning the faucet off? No way. That's not going to happen. Republicans would be stupid to allow that happen. Well, see, that's the thing. The Republicans are being very clever, but it is kind of cynical, to do everything in their power to keep the um, the border situation uh, alive as an issue for the, between now and November 5th. I mean, it's clear what they're doing, and it's clear they don't want to fix the problem Maybe they want to fix the problem next year, but it's clear Republicans don't want to fix the problem this year because otherwise they know they'll lose about the only issue that actually cuts in their favor. Because if if the election in November is a referendum on the economy or if abortion is viewed as a big issue with the majority of people, as in women who make up the majority in this country, as we've pointed out, men are outnumbered by uh, at least a few million in this country. So if women go to the polls in high numbers and the economy continues to boom and zoom, the only hope that Republicans would have is is that the uh, border issue has been kept alive. So it's clear what they're doing. Well, they're, they're going to run on abortion and climate change. Good luck there. Yeah, well, good luck there. You're right. Appreciate it. No, he said it. Good luck there.
a lot of strategists are, are questioning how how uh, Donald Trump is going to finesse this. It's like threading the needle. Yes, clearly. Clearly, he's won the nomination. Let's stop the whole process because we're tired. I'm already tired of, of the primaries. We've had only one primary, and I'm already tired of it. So let's just shut down the primary process and get on and, and focus. Focus on the issues that are important to the American people. Focus. So Donald Trump can come up with his top 10 issues and Joe Biden can come up with his top 10 issues. And then let's have a debate. In fact, let's have more than three debates. Let's have a series of debates, one every month, starting on February 2nd, Groundhog Day. It's 1135. Bob Joseph working for you every weekday morning at WNBF. Hi, folks. people you live in the same world as I do but somehow I never noticed you before today I'm ashamed to say beautiful people we share the same back door WNBF 1139. Let's go back to the phones. Rob in Port Crane. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. I just wanted to give you a quick update about that that guy I told you about at the border the other day that said, soon you'll, you'll know who I am. Well, now we know who he is. He's the head of the Islamic Party in Azerbaijan, and he just got out of prison after serving 12 years for terrorism. As far as what his actual offense was, what kind of terrorism, I don't know. But these are the people that Joe Biden's letting into this country. Well, he'd better stop. He better stop. There's already 10 million of these people here that we don't know who they are, and this is just one. So how many more do you think are just like him? I don't know. There could could be a lot. Just like there are a lot of people who were born in this country who um, have gone to kill fellow Americans. So I don't know. I really don't know what we could do. For example, the the kid who I went do. to school, the kid who went to school in Susquehanna Valley, how did we know he was going to take his parents' car and go to the top supermarket in Buffalo and kill people on a Saturday? Well, so we don't I, know. I bet, he grew up I here in Broome friend, County. I bet his friends knew. Somebody knew. He didn't well, then all here's the question. Here's the question. And here we are. More Is it over a year? I've lost track how long it's been. How come... Nobody has come forward and admitted that they knew that he, he was capable 
of going on a homicidal rampage? How come the state police have never released all the information or the DA's office, all the people who interacted with him before? So that raises questions. So if, if you don't consider what happened at the top supermarket in Buffalo terrorism, that's terrorism. It's terrorism. Even if the DA at the time uh, was trying to somehow thread a needle by suggesting it wasn't terrorism. What happened with that kid from Conklin buying his weapon on Nanticoke Avenue in the Union District of Endicott and then going out and killing Americans, his fellow Americans, that's terrorism. That's as bad as anything else that happens under the heading of terrorism in this country. Well, it's not as bad as 9-11. Get ready. No, I didn't say it's as bad as 9-11. Numerically, it's not as bad. But, hey, if if a terrorist kills one person or if more than 3,000 people are killed as a result of terrorist attacks, we're not... We're, it's not like a football competition where we're keeping score. Every terrorist act that results in an injury or a death is bad. It is. I totally agree. Anybody would, Bob, that has have two brain cells and an Internet connection. Well, not even an Internet connection. You don't need well, an Internet also, connection to have that common sense. Exactly. We can also agree, Bob, that Joe Biden is that that thing with Afghanistan, that withdrawal. That was the worst blunder in military history. I don't know that it's the worst in history. It ranks right up there. $85 billion in our best weapon. Well, then how come... Look, Donald Trump has a perfect opportunity. Talk about that. Make that an issue. Uh, I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. And by the way, Dave was right with every word. Joe Biden is absolute embarrassment. We were energy independent under Trump. And now, now we're getting oil... F- from OPEC and selling our, our strategic oil reserves to China. None of this makes any sense unless... It's the, you know, no, that's the, way, that's the way the global economic system works. Well, someone's being blackmailed. Oh, there was another good video that James... Don't, tell me, don't tell me about videos. I don't want to hear about good videos. This is not the YouTube uh, viewing guide. Don't tell me any more about videos. If people want to go find videos, they can search YouTube th- themselves. Oh, I don't go to YouTube at all anyway. Well, whatever. Whatever. You know what I mean. I know there are multiple platforms to get any kind of video you want. So this is not this is not the internet video viewing guide. Just Let's stay on topic and talk about issues, not videos that you saw. I could put up a video. There's no, there's no um, commission that reviews videos before they're online to, to prove that there's any truth to them. Well, that, absolutely. Yeah. So so let's let's stay. Just we'll talk about issues. If you want to talk about terrorism, if you want to talk about uh, allegations of criminality with our good friend Hunter and his well-known dad Joe, if you want to talk about that, but let's stay away from videos because, again, I could put a video online. And it could be 100% lies. You know, it's funny you wanted to bring up Hunter Biden with me. Because when you had your show about Hunter Biden that day, way back when, uh, I think James Kelly was screening calls for you. You kept me on hold for an hour and a half while you went blah, 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 and didn't even take another call. And now you want my opinion on Hunter's laptop? No, I don't want your opinion. I know your opinion. I don't want it. I brought it up in passing. No. Rob, the one thing that our listeners have heard is what you think about Hunter Biden and his laptop. The one thing that I keep saying is nobody, and I know you disagree, but nobody, 
nobody should have access to anything that was on his laptop. New York Post should be ashamed for publishing the stuff they do on their front page. Stolen from Hunter Biden's laptop. It wasn't stolen. I don't care. It was taken without his permission. He never gave permission for the New York Post or anyone else to publish material that was on his laptop. That's only one of the laptops. What about the ones the Russians took? Oh, exactly. If they have any stuff from any of his other laptops, they had better not publish it. You got to respect his privacy. What's on your laptop is yours. It's private. He put all the proof of all these crimes from him. And it doesn't make any difference. It's private. The stuff on your laptop is private. It shouldn't be in the newspaper. It shouldn't be on the Internet. If something that you have on your laptop, Rob, is on your laptop, that's yours. It's nobody else's business. If I, if I take my laptop somewhere and I leave it somewhere and I never come back for it, it's no longer my laptop. It may not be in your physical possession. All the materials... All the original stuff you put on your laptop, even if you forget it someplace, still belongs to you, and it shouldn't be put out in public. They, they're not supposed to be publishing your stuff on the front page of the Presence on Bulletin. No, they shouldn't. No, and, that, and that's the one thing we can agree on. Hunter Biden's laptop, yes, physically, he left it someplace. And that showed, apparently, extreme carelessness or forgetfulness. But still, anybody who wound up getting access to one, one or more of his laptops should have respected his privacy. Once they logged on and found that it was Hunter Biden's laptop, they should have tracked him down. If they couldn't find where Hunter Biden was, just contact the White House and make arrangements to get it back to him. Don't put that stuff on the front page of a tabloid newspaper. Whatever happened to respecting someone's privacy? That's what America's about. No, that's at least what America used to be about when I was growing up. 1147, more calls coming up on our Thursday program. Calls more often. Andy and Vestal. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello. Yeah. What's going on? Hi. Yeah. I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to uh, let you know. I uh, I was downtown Binghamton. I was like going Binghamton uh, every day during the uh, weekday, and uh, I I also wanted to let you know at your front desk. I left you another one of those river reporters for you. So if you, I, I, I have been able to listen to you um, on and off in the past week or so, but I, uh, but I wanted to um, see if you ever, if you ever studied it enough to see if you can get Gannett, uh, Gannett representative to come on the air to see how they, uh, what, what they thought of a paper like that, or how you could replicate a paper like that in serving the Brook County area. 
All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, the latest uh, edition. Thank you for dropping that off, and I'll review it and see if the people from uh, the Press and Sun Bullets want to talk about that. Thank you, Andy. Uh, Bob from Vestal, good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, I just turned my radio on. I've been reading all morning, and I'm trying to avoid listening because you hung up on me again yesterday. And I heard Rob, and it seems like every time Rob calls, he has a specific subject, and you end up going six or seven different places within a five-minute phone call. You never can stick to what the man is talking about. You just, oh, this here and this over here and this over here. He wanted to talk about terrorism. I think something like the World Trade Center is going to happen pretty soon here. Well, I hope not. I mean, if that happens, that would be tragic. You people that don't see that, I don't know where your heads are at. Well, you know, again, the uh, the federal government had uh, had warnings before 9-11 and evidently opted to ignore the the warnings. So I, I can't say, based on the track record before September 11, 2001, I can't say that even though we have thrown billions and billions and billions of dollars at uh, improving our security since then, that uh, that they're really uh, going to protect us. I hope they do. I hope we don't have any other terrorist attacks here. Well, no. All right. Well, thanks for checking in. Um, Bonnie from Shenango Forks, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. Uh, just listen, some of these callers, when they call in, I see that they upset you. No disrespect, but Bob, just hang up on them. My high recommendation to you. Oh, I don't want to do that. Channel. Oh, Bonnie, I don't want to. I don't want to just hang up on people. That would be wrong. I know it's rude, but anyway, I think that just a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands, and they just want to call up with negative things. And when can it ever be something positive? So listen, I just want to say, ninety percent of the states in the United States, we don't like Biden. I don't either, but I don't want to talk about him today because I'm not going to let him ruin my day or rob me of my peace. But I do want to say. YouTube is a great app. I'm on it, and my name is Bonnie Florence. I got over probably 1K people watching my music videos. I play an instrument. I play the flute, and I'm really good. I've been playing since I was 10 years old. I do Van Halen. Listen, to the T. So many people watching all my stuff because I just wanted to advertise just to see how many people that I could get. But what I want to do is say, everybody find your talents and seek them out and use them to their fullest extent in life. You should try it too, Bob. Go on YouTube. Look up the app. You'll find amazing things on there. It's not everything negative. A lot of, I just seen some kids on there, two boys today this morning I went on there. Uh, they're doing their, um, what do they call it, rap dancing. I've never seen it so good in my entire life, ever, anywhere. And they're rapping to the Bee Gees, Night Fever. And that's on YouTube? On YouTube. The kids got over probably a million, and I'm going, everybody find your talent, and let's stop talking about negativity in the world. And our trade centers aren't going to get hit again. And it was devastation, and it's nothing to be bragged about. Listen, but everybody have a wonderful, blessed day. And remember what I said. Look me up, Bob. I'm on there. It's under Bonnie Florence, F-L-O-R-A-N-C-E. All right. Well, I mean, I I want to check out YouTube. Did you hear yesterday? I played Nights on Broadway yesterday here on the program. Oh, she left. But see, she must have had a pre No, I had a premonition. I had a premonition because coming out of... Uh, a break on Wednesday's program. You heard it. I played Nights on Broadway by the Bee Gees. And here it is just over 24 hours later. And she calls in and points out a video that's on YouTube featuring people dancing to the Night Fever song. 
are there is there such a thing as a coincidence i think not i think that was divine intervention and you heard it live right here on the radio tune in tomorrow from nine to noon for more just like this (laughs) i'm pop joseph have a great afternoon thanks for listening on WNBF. In- this is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.